1: Hello, everybody. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. We took a little bit of a hiatus due to, uh, you know, real life occurring and the fact that our podcast with with Colin about, uh, you know, 10 or 12 days ago was, was sort of just emotionally draining in the sense of it really – I really just kind of wanted to take a step back from basketball after reading and thinking about it because we can get so uh, wrapped up in the minutia of the day-to-day with basketball that, you know, talking with sports about him. Really, you know, it was a good reminder that sometimes you just really need to step back. And that's what Josh and I have done. Uh, the NBA Finals ended two days ago, though, and the NBA does not stop. And at the end of a segment on The Jump today, Brian Windhorst uh, essentially noted that if, if Giannis uh, becomes available via the Milwaukee Bucks, if he wants to you know, be traded or if he wants to become a free agent, the implication was that the Mavericks are the first team on the phone. They were very interested in him, which, uh, on the one hand, isn't news, and on the other hand, makes me want to stab myself in the ears. Um, so, Josh, what, uh, what 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 was your reaction to all this?
2: Uh, well, I mean, I'm writing a column. I just wrote a column and turned it in. Called the Maverick pursuit <laughs> of Giannis is going to turn me into the Joker. Uh, <laughs> so I'm feeling really good. <clears throat> I mean. Uh. Kirk, this it's fine. It'll work out this time, unlike the last time. And the time before that. 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 Right? (laughs) So they're due?
1: Yeah, I mean (laughs) like come on, what are we doing here? This so so this has to be framed appropriately because there's a lot of machinations as far as what's going on with Giannis that are entirely outside of the Mavericks' control, which gives me a little bit more peace here. Because first, he's available to sign a Supermax extension with the Milwaukee Bucks this summer, worth north of a quarter of a billion dollars. Okay? (laughs) It's so much money, it's hard to comprehend. This is, it's not just generational wealth. For a guy like Giannis and his family with what they've come from, this is 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 like like multiverse changing wealth. Like it's it's hard to really conceptualize. Uh, so if that's something you know, if, if wealth is something that he's interested in and it's going to be on the table for him, if he doesn't sign the supermax, the the idea becomes that he is on a little bit of a ticking clock towards free agency. Now, since the NBA has had this supermax available players have either signed it, or if they don't sign it, teams have traded them away every time. Now, every time's a little bit of a misnomer because it's been Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis uh, uh, essentially let the, the Pelicans know this this wasn't going to happen. Uh, there may be another instance that I'm not thinking of, but you know you have John Wall who signed it, Blake Griffin who signed it, uh, Damian Lillard who signed the supermax. And it's, it's a really interesting uh, situation that arises because in theory, Giannis could make it all the way to free agency and then resign with the Bucks at the, at the summer of 2021. Uh, that's sort of the timeline that's available here. Only players of his stature. So, you know, Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis are top, you know, six-ish guys in the league. Uh, Giannis is a two-time MVP. So this just seems it's, it. it it's not likely that if he doesn't sign the supermax, in my opinion, that the Bucks would hold on to him because they would have to turn him into something. Letting a a agent like him walk away is a is a death blow to a franchise like the Milwaukee Bucks. They've been relevant a handful of times in their in their franchise's existence, so this is just not something that's great. Now, that's just a big backstory so that everybody understands. I, I could have gotten some of the particulars wrong here. But I wanted all that to be on, on, on the level because we as Mavericks fans and the Mavericks as an organization don't have a lot of say there. So I don't know why the Mavericks names are at the, the tip of Brian Windhorse's tongue. It it confuses me.
2: <laughs> because the Mavericks are the boogeyman, Kirk. They are the boogeyman that makes sure that the, the other team doesn't trip over themselves and do something really, really stupid and not offer a contract or or make a bad move, you know, I mean, isn't that what it is? I mean, isn't that what the Mavericks have been for the last decade is they are the number one boogeyman to sign away these guys so that the agents can scare. I don't know. I don't want to say scare, but just almost like give them a reminder that, Hey, this is a possibility. So make sure you give us that extension, make sure you don't trade or you do trade or you do sign this guy to help the team get better. You know, that kind of stuff. Like that's what it is, right? That's what it always feels like. And that's what it's been. If we go by history, that's what it's been for however so many years the Mavericks have been banging their head against this wall. Um, that's the only reason why it's got to be that. And I mean, like, look, we've both talked about the Mavericks don't let a lot of stuff get out. And mm-hmm. there are not a lot of reporters that, you know, talk about the Mavericks and their name, like, they're so rarely in the rumor mill, except for these specific scenarios. Um and, you know, like we've been saying for a long time, like you can't really trust anything about Mavericks rumors, except if it's coming from like one of three places, which is like Tim McMahon, Mark Stein, and maybe Wash or Wosh. God, I can't. I forgot. It's I can't okay. Say his name okay. Right.
1: Polish names um, are challenging.
2: I know. Um So, yeah. And anything after that, it's, it's probably not coming from the Mavs. It's coming from an external source. So. In my head, when like the Windhorse thing, like I'm not doubting his sources. Obviously, he's got sources, and obviously, you know, he's got he's a credentialed reporter, and like I'm not doubting that. Like, obviously, he's been told this, but I doubt it's been from the math. It's probably, you know, Giannis's agent or another agent or an agency, another team. Um, because that's that's where the
1: phrasing of all this gets really interesting because he said it in a it, you know, he's a newsman, but he's also a smart guy. Um, And the way that he phrased it is so open to interpretation. It makes me upset because being at the front of the line doesn't, that was the phrasing that he used. It's just like, well, duh, you you mean the young up and coming Dallas Mavericks would be interested in a former MVP joining their team who is still in his prime. I mean, obviously that that's just, (laughs) It's, it's been kind of an, an undercurrent of a lot of writing that I've seen this year where, you know, Zach Lowe has, has talked about it too, where he has made reference and the phrasing once again is important. I, I Another a rival team exec. I remember reading this has said that, you know, a, a Giannis Luca pairing would be frightening for the league, but what does that mean? Because an asteroid hitting the Earth would be frightening for all of us, but that, <laughs> you know, like, what are the chances? Like, like, right. I, I need some, I need some context for the rumor. And you know, going back to a little bit of of what I'm talking about here is that I just don't see him making it to free agency because the Bucks would be crazy to let him get away for nothing. Just crazy if he doesn't want to play for the Bucks. So this, this whole thing is just such, such an exercise in leaps, uh, uh, jumping to conclusions. I'm thinking of that very stupid jump to conclusions, Matt, um, from <laughs> Office Space. And it's just it's, – it's in my head. And mm. I, I want to talk about it in, in, from the sense of in a basketball vacuum, it's really interesting. Because yeah. he, he's, ju- he's the role man that the Mavericks want. Because he is Shack with a handle that that can't be emphasized enough.
2: Right. But I, no, good. I go just ahead. can't
1: bring myself to think about it that much because we just, you know, I think it was uh, uh, our our friend Reese at at Dallas Fanatics who tweeted something to the effect of "I'm ready to be hurt again." Yeah. Uh, which had me in tears because it's just like, yeah, yeah, that's what this involves. It involves, you know, we're already as Mavericks fans, like just so lucky that talking about this feels stupid.
2: Yeah. I mean, Kirk, I've got it in my column and I've got it pulled up. Do you want me to, I mean, like the history is there and it's not like, I hate, like we get called the pessimists and, and all that stuff, but this isn't.
1: Facts aren't like, feelings.
2: Yeah. Like this isn't like, pessimism. This is just judging history and basic, you know, knowledge and stuff. Right. You know, like, man, I'm looking at – right, 2012, they didn't get Darren Williams. 2013, they didn't get Dwight Howard. 2015, they didn't get DeAndre Jordan after they got DeAndre Jordan. Uh, 2016, they didn't get Hassan Whiteside and Mike Conley. And then 2019, they didn't get Kimball Walker. Man, that's five out of the last nine off-seasons they chased a star-level free agent and they came away with basically nothing. Uh, like, so – how am I supposed to react and be like, ah, yeah, you know, they got a chance or this is like, and especially when you laid out all those things that are outside of the Mavericks control, like this is not anything close to a Kemba situation or, you know, back in during, you know, when they chased Darren Williams or Dwight Howard, you know, there wasn't that supermax, and Dwight Howard had already changed teams by getting traded to the Lakers. Like it's, it's so, it's just such a different, context in addition to the fact that they don't have the skins on the wall it's like a double whammy i just i just don't i don't see it like i just and what's really stupid about all of this is that in a vacuum Giannis makes out of all of these star guys that they've been chasing like in a vacuum Giannis does make the most sense because you you he's talked about luca uh he fits like, you know, when you think about compatibility, he fits really, really well. Like, Luca is not going to take away, you know, anything from Giannis's game. He's just going to accentuate it. And, you know, Giannis is not, you know, Giannis is also a fellow international player. You know, it's not like he has roots in Milwaukee. He doesn't, you know, like he does now because he's been there for long enough. But, you know, he's not – it's not like a Kawhi Leonard thing where, you know, he wants to get back to where he, he grew up or any – Like, so it's actually kind of funny that it all kind of fits a little cleaner than their past pursuits. But then you get all the stuff you just talked about where he'd have to turn down a quarter of a billion dollar contract. And then the Bucks would have to, after he does that, the Bucks would have to then not trade him. It's just a lot. It's just so much stacked against them. uh, That just makes it hard to even want to consider it, you know?
1: Well, okay. So so my counterpoint to this is from the 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 standpoint of where we are right now the 2020 like this current free agency we're going to get into it because uh, you know i don't know when the season's starting and we're kind of petering out content so we don't talk ourselves in circles um is that the free agency class this summer is awful and like hassan whiteside was top 20 in a free agency list I saw that contained at least five to eight people that had player options. So like removing those people, like Hassan Whiteside was theoretically a top 10 free agent, that is rough. So in the sense of what are they doing with their assets, 2021 is going to be open season regardless of whether Giannis is there. That, that point I think has to be made. When, when you know, talking about this from, from you know, your point of view, I, I we get killed a little bit for being pessimists on this, and you know, I, I'm, I actually just got a message from a long time reader and listener who enjoys to give us uh, grief all the time, who, who makes a very good point that, that part of being a fan is hopeful, and he's right, but I don't find this specific chase, the specific chase of a free agent. I, I, it's not fun for me. Um, no, free agency me is fun as a thing. Um, but but this, like like pining for this dude and hoping for this dude, the way that they do things, you know, is maddening. And we've got to come back to how they approached the last offseason, which just gives me pause. Yes. Luka covers so many of their mistakes the way Dirk Nowitzki did the same thing. And I don't think this is, you know, these next two years are not make or break, but Dallas has to show some progress by accelerating their own timeline with Chris Porzingis being part of the team. They make their margin for error smaller and, you know, doing anything that would based on hope is just risky. Um, if there are other free agents that they could prioritize and keep an eye out for, which I think is going to be the case, like that's, the Mavericks are going to be an interesting destination. I don't think we're in the same place that 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 the Mavericks were in with Dirk, where there's a little bit of a European bias, there's a little bit of a Mark Cuban bias. There's some of these things that are just the the Mavericks are a different different part of their cycle with free agency being much more um, just much more open than it used to be, and and guys want you know having a lot more say with where they get to go. I don't know if agents have the power that they used to have outside of Clutch. There's just there's a fair number of things working in the Mavericks favor towards twenty twenty one generally. I just am not you know, we you and I are gonna have to work on our on our how we discuss twenty twenty one and Giannis in particular, because it's just it's gonna get stupid. And that's just the nature of, of the way that the league can be covered right now.
2: Yeah, and I think a big thing for me, the reason why it makes me so mad and why I'm so passionate about this is it's not it's not just the chase. It's what the chase prevents you from doing is I think the thing that makes me the most upset about it because there's nothing saying that they have to have these quiet off seasons to preserve cap space because they got to get their third star. They got to have the room for Giannis. Uh I mean, history has shown the last decade that cap space is a myth and that clearing cap space is not a requirement for landing a star free agent. And that if a star free agent comes up to your owner or goes up to your general manager and says, I'm in every single time that's happened, the team has found a way that same off season to make the necessary moves to clear the room and get that player onto that team. Obviously some teams have done a little bit of multi-year planning, which I think like the Miami heat did a little bit before LeBron. um, And maybe the Clippers a little bit before Kawhi, but otherwise like, the Andre Iguodala was going to come to Dallas, and then the Warriors were like, "Hey, you want to come here and you know compete for title?" And we don't have. Cap-, and Andre's like, "You guys don't have cap space." Oh, we we do now. We just traded uh, Andre's Beardens or whatever, and Richard Jefferson to the Jazz because we traded away a couple draft picks. But oh, we have room now. Come come on in. Um, right. This stuff ha- like Jimmy Butler to the Heat. The Heat were capped almost basically capped out, and they failed to clear the cap with that trade with the Mavericks, but butler said i want to come to miami and guess what it just happened they went all right the trade with dallas failed we'll do the trade with the clippers we got the like uh kevin durant they they, they needed to make room the warriors traded with the mavericks bogut and uh bogut and uh, i can't remember what else they did right uh, they let Barnes go but they traded Bo- they had to trade bogut uh to make room for durant it happened
1: like, that's how that's how we that's how the yeah. mavericks ended up with this with the draft pick that they have 31 yeah. overall
2: <laughs> yeah yeah, so uh, like that's what makes me mad because you're. It's like okay, if if cap space doesn't really matter and you can make the room, why are you punting multiple off seasons to create cap space? Why are you getting rid of draft? Why are you like trading down in the draft? Why are you squandering you know fifteen million in dolo- fifteen million in room in 2019? Why is your most high profile free agent acquisition and right? Uh, why are you signing all these one-year deals Darren Collis and OJ Mayo uh, like I just that's the stuff that I'm like I don't understand why they operate like this it's like you could still do things and the thing that sucks even more is they're good at those things yeah they're good at finding the next tier of free agent they're good at finding diamonds in the rough they're good at finding maybe some high level talent that's been discarded because they weren't in the right situation. And they're very good at taking that and putting it in the right situation. Like they've proven that time and time again, that I'm like, you guys are, you're handicapping yourselves deliberately for no reason really. And that's yeah. what drives me crazy because Kirk, come on. Like we let's, I don't, I mean I'm not trying to take a victory lap, but we were right about last summer. Um, yeah. They, they could have
1: gone further. They could have gone further. This off, yeah. this, you know, we were right about two things. We were right about them completely botching their offseason, past signing Chris porzingis They wasted the only chance they're going to get for the having this sort of artificial cap space, and I think people really don't get what I mean by that. I'm happy to talk about it later. Maybe we will come free agency. But the Mavericks had a chance to go over the cap and sign some guys and create artificial room that wasn't there to them otherwise. It isn't going to be available to them this year, and they instead ended up with a team that had a MVP candidate a eventual hopeful all-star, and then three to four, no, they had four undrafted players in their rotation by the end of the season. That cannot happen for a team that has, has this sort of aspiration. And then they caved and wanted to play the Clippers. No one will convince me otherwise based off of how they played in those final eight games in the bubble. They settled for the Clippers. They could have made the second round. Heck, they could have made the conference finals. I'm really convinced of this had they had another matchup, but the Mavericks didn't want it, or they were just – they had they had kind of plateaued their expectations, I think, is really the way to frame it, because I'm sure they w- would have wanted to get further. That, that's, that's not the correct way to frame this. But this sort of thing is very interesting because where the Mavericks view themselves is of, of such interest to me because I believe they now have shot up their expectations, and reasonably so, with Luka Doncic as, as this high up. But there are just still steps to take to get there, and their margin for error slims as they improve. Uh, they would have been a 51 team in an 82-game season. They would have far surpassed you know, even the, the wildest of expectations. And so it, it's just very interesting to see where they go from here Because you know, trying to swing for a home run doesn't make a ton of sense to me at the moment. There's still so much that can happen. I think we have to emphasize that too. And they already hit the the home run. Sure, yeah, they got Luca. That's the the hard part. Luca's the hard part. So why make it more (laughs) difficult? I don't know. We're going to be talking about this probably for a while, um, on and off, just as as the off season comes. I don't want to beat the dead horse into the ground because. I I believe if I'm if I'm, you know, casual Mavs fan on 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 the, the hilarious Mavs Facebook pages that exist, this sort of notion of the Mavs being in the conversation with the future or like like the past and possible future MVP of the league is really kind of exciting on one level, uh, because it means the Mavericks are at a different place than they were even, you know, two years ago. So that that part of this is is really fun it's fun to be part of the conversation i i i have to at least admit that and I, I think there there's also a lesson to be learned from the lakers fans in our lives who really believe in the the manifest destiny of the los angeles <laughs> lakers to just exist with titles God, that's and so the best maybe way to there's some i mean maybe there's something too being an outrageous asshole all the time about your team's future and how awesome it is i mean god it must be amazing to feel that way all the time and then be validated way more often than not i mean uh, you know a friend of the program matt moore emphasized this today in the past 20 years lakers have won six titles there's something to what they're doing there's something in the you know just just projecting you know when you got a player like Luca, maybe it's just time to sort of strike while the iron is hot and see. You know what? To heck with this. The past doesn't matter because what happens now is what is important. And I think there's there's a little bit to that. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I I, I understand. And when you think about what we're talking about with like, man, if they just they got the hard part done and they just focused on the things they're good at, bringing in these better, you know, B, C-level free agents and finding the diamonds in the rough and just surround that team with Luger and Kristaps. Like, we could say that. And you look at the list of NBA champions since uh, 2000, 1999. I mean, come on. It's the Lakers with a city Davis with, you know, two of the top five players in the league. It's the Raptors when Kawhi Leonard was basically michael jordan 2.0 it's the warriors dynasty where they had you know steph curry and clay and and then durant it's the spurs with you know hall of famers littered across their rotation with tony parker and ginobili it's the and duncan it's the heat with their big three uh it's the you know the mavericks are the outlier with dirk as the sole star and then right before that it's lakers again it's the celtics with their big three it's it's the Spurs with Duncan as an MVP, and you know a bunch of the really good players. It's Heat with Dwayne Wade and Shaq. I can keep going, and it's really the Pistons and the Mavericks are the only teams on that list that stand out, Kirk. Otherwise, yeah. it's a top. It's top heavy in terms of talent. So, on one hand, I want them to do this what I think is the smart thing and build smartly and and do all this stuff. But on the other hand, there's a small part of my brain that does not blame them for getting. Starry-eyed and trying to accumulate as much talent wealth as possible because, damn, isn't that? If if history, if we're talking about history, I mean, it doesn't the NBA history say you got to do what you're talking, what you've just been talking about, Kirk. You gotta, you gotta keep asking for more and demanding more and expecting more. Like, yep, t- talent, top talent wins in the NBA. That's, I mean, it's not a, this is not the NFL where there's a new champion seemingly every other year. It is, right. It is dominated by dynasties.
1: Well, we're going to talk about a potential dynasty when we come back from break. And thank you for uh, hanging out with us. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. All right, guys. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. We've been talking about this uh, this Giannis semi news from from ESPN's The Jump uh, with uh, Brian Windhorst talking about, you know, the Mavericks being at the front of the line. But you know what? Well, we're done with that for now. And I wanted to to go on a little bit of of a soliloquy, if I may, uh, because I ended up watching almost all of the NBA Finals. It it was not something I set out to do. I had Watched a significant chunk of the Lakers playing the Nuggets, and I, I, I was just, you know, I, I was really interested in watching this Lakers team. And, and walking away from um, the finals, one, they were the best team. Uh, that that part was very evident. Two, I, I really do feel if they're committed to playing the sort of smash mouth basketball that they did for a big chunk of the finals that they are 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 beatable. But if they ever commit to Anthony Davis playing the 5 the way that they did in game 6 against Miami, they are as close and if they get some upgrades in in their roster department, they are as close to unbeatable as a, as a team that I can imagine. They play a phenomenal brand of basketball. Uh I I will say when when thinking about the finals and the Mavericks and where they have to go it's very evident the further you got into the playoffs that having the best player matters. And there's a lot of talk in in you know basketball circles about how Luka Doncic plays and there's some stylistic comparisons to James Harden that I understand, but watching the way LeBron James controls games at key moments, Luka does this. And it's sort of awe-inspiring to think about big picture that that Luka is a lebron james style processor of the game and you know mark uh mark cuban had some interesting comments about lebron growing as a player uh and how he sees the game uh earlier this week and and i i just it just makes me think about where luca is and it's very it's very interesting to see how the game is going to slow down for him uh we have a a, a fan base that is very attached to Uh, Role players like Maxi Kleba and Dorian Finney-Smith, who played very well. But I believe that they played very well this season because Luka Doncic exists. Uh, He's going to be one of these guys that raises the floor and the ceiling for everyone on the roster. And Mavericks fans should be incredibly excited about what's to come, regardless of who they end up bringing in. And he is going to be, you know, you talked about this, Josh, today on Twitter. Luka Doncic is going to be the non-American face of the league in a really big way sooner rather than later. Uh, he's already number two in the league in Jersey sold, I believe. And, yep. and that's going to, that's going to continue. Luka is the guy and how they market him to Americans might be different than how they market him to non-Americans. But, he's going to be a focal point not just for marketing but for basketball and for superstardom and and we should we should all be really excited because i see a lot of of i see a lot of maverick possibilities as i watch the lakers win the title this year so so that's that's just kind of my piece there
2: yeah that makes sense and you think about the lakers and the the question marks about their roster after lebron and anthony davis and kind of what you talked about like it almost As long as they can reach a baseline level of talent, it doesn't matter because LeBron just takes them the rest of the way. And you see that same quality in Luka.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very, it's just a lot to process. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I, I like part of me is not really ready for it because we just, we're not going to have basketball for four plus months and, and maybe longer. And so I sort of want to like peter out these these takes and process them slowly to make sure I don't sound like an insane person. So I just you know, just really wanted to touch touch base on the finals a little bit because it's you know, we hadn't podcasted on an actual basketball in a while. And, you know, from there, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, what's what we have going on in the site. As you guys have noticed, our, our draft folks are churning out regular content of profiles. The Mavericks have picks 18 and 31. Uh, friend and former, uh, you know, editor of the site, Tim Cato, kind of heavily implied today that the Mavericks are are probably not going to use both, which is not surprising. Uh, but all the same, we're going to continue to talk about these guys. Hopefully, Josh or I will have, you know, one of our draft folks on to talk about these people because Josh and I can't do this. We can't watch draft <laughs> like, like it's a, I, like you and I don't have the time personally because I, I would fall down a black hole. Like there's just so much available information and like watching the film would be a lot of fun. Like watching these highlight clips and things that they're posting is really exciting for me, and I find myself like closing out because I'm like, I, I can't do this. I have I have like work to do, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, as soon as I graduated college, uh, maybe like two or three years after I graduated college, that that part of my life just went bye bye. Yeah, yeah. There's only so much room in the for, in the brain. <laughs> I mean, well,
1: and you know you we injected. got. And so we'll probably continue to work on that in the coming weeks. Um, we have roughly—it's just over a month until the draft. November eighteenth is when it is scheduled right now, and that's probably firm. Uh, other comings and goings on the site that we know—there's uh, been like the Mavericks have been, you know, have been involved in some of the voting. You know, JJ Barea was sixth place in this apparent teammate of the year award uh donnie nelson somehow finished eighth in executive of the year voting which i wrote a short post on it's just that it just reeks of of like previous success like i don't like what did he do this year they signed porzingis which was the whole point of the previous year like i he should have been executive of the year like last year um
2: <laughs> yeah luke and kp in one year
1: we have this really you know we've not covered it and i think we're going to try to circle back to it if there's like bandwidth for all of us dwight power powell was named you know the NBA cares uh, community assist award winner with some really like just excellent work out in the community. It's the sort of stuff that we wish we could cover more often, but it's just, it's very hard. And you know, I, speaking to our podcast audience, I can say this. That sometimes there's just not a lot of interest on our site with this stuff, which stinks because what these Mavericks players do and what these NBA players do off the court is just incredible. Um, so we, we might be talking about that, you know, coming weeks and days of, we can find some availability circle back on it. Um, There's also, you know, the, the Mavericks green is coming back, which I find myself annoyingly happy with. Like, I I can't believe it's like moved me in this way where I'm like, yeah, I get to wear a green t-shirt again, (laughs) you know, isn't that dumb?
2: No, it's not dumb. Come on. I think, I think in in 2020, everyone gets a pass for wistfully pining for some nostalgia. It's okay.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, do you have any any other Mavericks kind of thoughts that are percolating that you want to get off on this podcast? Oh. Cuz obviously we got you know we got a long way to go on all this.
2: That's quite the runway you've just given me. Um I don't know. I mean I, I it's a lot of I mean I've got a lot of bile I guess pent up with the honest thing, but I just exposed, expunge that into a column so you guys can read that this week. Uh I guess the other thing is as I'm getting like I really hope that they keep – I know it's not going to happen, but I just want them to keep their picks because, like, I'm reading all the really good work by our, our draft people. Uh, and it, it really is just great, like, to be able to catch up so quickly on guys in that range. You know, it's it's very easy to to write about, like, you know, the top ten in the lottery and the way that our draft guys and girls just write about. You know the the range that the Mavericks are in. That's not easy to pay attention to that stuff, and they do, and they're great at it, and they're passionate about it, and it's awesome. And it gets me like gets me excited. Like they're like I'm almost completely convinced that at 18 and 31, they could come away with like two rotation guys if they wanted to. Like if if that's their if that's their goal, I feel like they could they could do that. I know that the draft is is pretty weak, but it seems year after year, even in weak drafts, there are a couple you know guys some there's always like a diamond in the rough or a couple guys that that pop in the in the later portion of the draft that i don't know i'm just it's weird because i've got the mavericks draft history looming over my head but it's like man if they make these picks and they're legitimately committed to getting rotation guys there's guys i like um i think me and you are probably gonna (laughs) <laughs> if if Desmond Bain didn't get drafted to the Mavericks, I think we're gonna bane our municipalities uh over it, like in the the movie, like what he did to the football stadium, right? Like we're we're getting kinda excited about this.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean it's a great time. This yeah. is a great time. I I you know, I I, I waffle back and forth about it because the possibility stuff is just not how i'm wired as a fan which is why i have like a very you know i mean you and i both just kind of have a limited audience when it comes to this stuff because it's really a big part of why people consume the sport i'm more interested in the games like i want to see what's happening on the floor and so are you and that's why we do that's why we have such great game content coverage uh but this stuff is a little harder for us i think and then there's just aspects Mm -hmm. of it that that tend to drive you and I crazy because of how the Mavericks do business where because there's such a void, that void gets filled by to um, <laughs> both fan created and then by like very targeted leaks of which you and I never get leaked to. And I, that is a whole different, you know, that's a complaint of my own. Um, anyhow. Well, this has been fun. I'm glad we did this. I think, uh, you know, I'm gonna probably do a podcast with the special guest later this week, um, and then we will see what's coming in the uh, the later part of the month. So, cool. Uh, if you don't have anything else, Josh, I'm uh, this is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe. Please rate and review our pod. I really mean that. That actually helps us in a very big way. We need more subscribers. We appreciate the the uh, constant support that we've had from everyone. And we will talk to you guys in the coming days.